Hello, and thank you for joining this new episode of This Is Just A Phase. I'm your humble host, Jonathan Kent. Just a few quick reminders before we get started with this episode. I want to remind you that not only can you listen to this podcast on Spotify, but it's also available on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. That being said, please follow our Facebook group at This Is Just A Phase for updates on past and current episodes, as well as the occasional music video, merch opportunity, or wherever else I feel like putting up on there. Also, if Facebook isn't your thing, you can go over and check out the Instagram account at This Is Just A Phase or the TikTok at T-I-J-A-P Podcast. Um, also, if you want to email me directly, you can do so at This Is Just A Phase Podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions concerning episodes or if you would like to be on the program, you can hit me up directly there. Also, Please do yourself a favor and check out the brand new split compilation between Faster and Louder Records, and this is just a record label called Invading the Border. It includes 15 bands from Canada and 15 bands from the U.S., and it's a partnership with uh, the two labels, so you can head over at both fasterandlouder.bandcamp.com or thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com and pick up that comp today. That being said, Jay, let's go. You've got no motivation and you've got no self-esteem. There's a hole inside your head with the vision to be seen. Let's go. this fun episode, I get the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Tyler Adams, not that other Tyler Adams, <laughs> from the Mockton, New Brunswick, Canada pop-punk band, The Follow-Ups. We chat about the band, their partnership with Cellar Dwellers and Mom's Basement Records, the formation of the band, him moving from Ontario to New Brunswick, and the band's plans on a new full length coming later this year. We also discuss his podcast, The Positive Punker, and talk about mental health within the scene and individually, and the power of healing, plus what influenced him early on, and looking forward to punk and the next generation. Physical releases versus streaming, and working with Nick Spoon from Lesser Creatures. So get off your ass, and don't you miss out on this episode of This Is Just a Phase. Here's a track from their upcoming 
new release due out later this year. Here is Not Alone. I'm sitting here with Tyler Adams uh, from the Canadian punk band, The Follow-Ups. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. No problem. Just so everybody knows, too, I'm the Canadian Tyler Adams. The can- n- not, not, not the U.S. Tyler Adams exactly. that you often get confused with. <laughs> but yeah, I think, that, I think that happens quite a bit. Like, for a while, we both had, like, black and white images. And his girlfriend was even getting confused and it was getting weird, so... <laughs> you gotta you gotta pay attention to the uh, profile picture That's you know what, what i mean exactly you got the lily livers tyler adams and you got the uh, follow-ups tyler adams so yeah i i, I got the follow-ups tyler adams yeah you got the <laughs> tyler adams not the guy <laughs> well, well thank you again man i i really do appreciate you coming on uh i've been wanting to have you come on for a long time and uh, it finally uh, was able to work out for us. Awesome. Yeah, it's probably been like a year in the making, I guess, eh? Yeah, I was I was going to come on your podcast, and you yeah. were going to come on mine, and um, just life gets in the way sometimes, right? Yep, definitely, definitely. 
uh, I've been following you and your band for God at least uh, what, five, six years now. Um, pretty or pretty early on with you guys. I think it was your uh, your first release. Yeah. Um, I believe that was what self titled. Yeah, uh, I know it was uh, the half of it. The half of it. That's right. The half of it. Yeah. And um, followed on with you guys. Uh, uh, don't like you either. Yeah. Um, and then now on to the present, where most recently you guys have appeared on a uh, split comp that I was lucky enough to put out with uh, Faster and Louder Records out of uh, out of Ontario. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been really cool though the the way we've conversated over the years and ha- you know have talked. Um, you kind of wear multi multiple hats, of course, with the band and then doing your podcast, the positive punker, which has been on a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah. Um, as somebody who does, you know, a label and a, a podcast of my own, um, how, how, how were you able to juggle both of those while you had both going on at the same time? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this interview's off to a great start, Tyler. Yeah, honestly, like, because like I would probably classify myself as like a workaholic as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, you have family, you have band, you have podcasts, you have work, like everything. Like, you just try to fit stuff in, I guess, and then yeah, I think it'd be difficult sometimes. Like, I get, I get the hiatuses and stuff like that. You know, like. You know the band going to play more, which which it has recently. Yeah, um, starting to you guys. Again. What's up? I said we're starting to gear up again. Like we were pretty slow over the summertime, but now this fall we're starting to have some shows, and uh, we have a new record coming out. Hopefully by the end of the year, we have we don't have a confirmed date yet, but so that will make me busy again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably good too. I mean. Uh, I'm not too sure how the winners are up in uh, New Brunswick, but I'm sure they're they're not the best. So, yeah, they're pretty gnarly. Yeah, using that time to go out and tour is probably the best thing for you guys during that time. Yeah, yeah. As long as the like, road conditions and stuff like that are all right, like we'll we'll go out and play. Like we we usually try to do once a year, make our way to Ontario. Like uh, Jordan had us down for Halloween last year from Faster and Louder. To, uh, oh, that's awesome! We were down to London, Ontario, and we played uh, the Probably House there, and it was a great show. And Jordan put us up, so he's a sweetheart of a man. Yeah, Jordy's really a cool guy, yeah. man. I've been lucky, and I was lucky enough to finally meet him uh, last year at uh, at Mom's Basement Fest. Him and a bunch of guys oh. came down, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun getting to finally meet up with him and you know a couple other guys and stuff. So it was. It was, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ken Painter from Insepid Records came down too, so it was good to hang out with yeah, with those guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm yet to meet Ken. He's a he's a like I talked to him uh, once in a while online and stuff like that, and he's always been super kind. So uh, eventually, we'll make our way out west, and we'll I'm sure we'll bump into each other. Maybe you can make your way down south too, like closer to me, man. Well, <laughs> Definitely in the cards. Definitely in the cards. We've been talking about it, but uh, just with the border issues and stuff like that, and it's really expensive to do it legally. Like we could always do the sneak across thing, but there's always that gamble of getting caught and not being able to take my kids to Disney World ever again and stuff like that. So, yeah, you got to kind of just 
mind what you're doing and, yeah. and try to do it the best way. Yeah, you know? exactly. So we've been looking into, well, I guess like our province has like a bunch of grants for musicians and stuff like that. So we've been looking sort of into that route and hopefully it works out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, let's actually talk about the formation of the band. Uh, you guys started in 2017. Uh, I think so. 16 or 17 in, in around there. I think we're six years old now as a band okay uh how, how did the band come to come to be uh well tinder tinder no just <laughs> <laughs> I, I i actually had put a band uh like a post up on on uh we have, what we have here is kijiji and it's much like craigslist but it's the canadian version okay but uh i put a, a post up just looking for guys i had just gone through a divorce so I'd been in a relationship for 10 years and I didn't really have a whole lot of friends. I'd, I'd moved out West here from Ontario. Okay. So I grew up in Ontario. I moved out or East, sorry, not West. Uh, moved out. East. It was okay. I wasn't going to correct you. Yeah. On that one. <laughs> but uh, I moved out East for uh, my family had bought a business. So we all moved out here. I didn't really know anybody. So, uh, I'd met my now ex-wife and we were together 10 years or something like that. And then uh, we had split up and I was just sort of, uh, I had nobody. So I was just looking for somebody to jam with or whatever. And uh, I'd met Mike Kaiser, our singer uh, through, uh, through Kijiji. And he sent me a couple of songs uh, that he had written and they were fucking incredible songs. So I jumped on it and, nice and um how did the the rest of the band come to be too well they they uh i'm they sort of were in a band together before like it was they were jamming with another guy but doing somebody else's songs and it happened that uh kaiser greg and jamie had uh had played a show that and they were playing as like a riverdale tribute thing Okay. Just for the one show, and I was actually at that show, which is sort of ironic, but we didn't know each other at all. So I I saw them play, and then uh, so so when uh, Kaiser had messaged me, we we needed a drummer, so he contacted Greg because he had played with Greg a bit, and so we continued on with just the three of us without a bass player, and we played a couple shows without a bass player, which was terrible but we thought we were killing it at the time i've i've been in situations <laughs> same thing yeah and so my switch to base <laughs> good thinking yeah <laughs> uh jamie our bass player he's he's played he played in a band called hope and they were pretty big they did like tons of dates on warp tour and stuff like that so he was a pretty uh, established established musician uh, that's awesome yeah so uh check them out too if you if you get a chance hope from moncton new brunswick but uh he uh he came and we started playing and it's just been the four of us ever since which we're super fortunate that we haven't had like that rotating door of constant trying to find somebody to play like it's we've been a pretty consistent band the four of us yeah that's really cool like you don't yeah. hear that too much and no and usually it's you know, life situation stuff gets in the way like that or bickering within the band. But, you know, from, from what I've gathered, you guys are, you know, you, you 
avoided those those issues where you know it it, it tears a band apart. Of it's, course, yeah, we we we're fortunate that like Jamie, he's he's older, so he doesn't have small kids or nothing like that. I have a couple small kids myself, but I have like a super supportive wife now with uh, music and stuff like that. She loves the I play in a band and all that, so so she. Every time we need to tour, she's always a hundred percent go for it, and and that's and that's so important too. Like I'm lucky enough that you know my wife supports me as well, and you know deciding to do the, all the ventures that I do now, it's it's I wouldn't have been able to do it without her, and and with the fact that my kids are older, my youngest is twelve, and my oldest is um I just graduated high school, and I have an older son who's um, towards the end of high school himself. Wild. So I'm, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's nice that I'm at the, I'm at the, the situation where, you know, I can tell my kids, Hey, I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go do that. And they don't, they don't really, you know, it, it's, it, their feelings don't get hurt or like, I don't get to see dad or anything like that. It's like, That's they understand what's going on and they can, they can adapt to what's going on. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's huge because uh, you don't want your kids' feelings hurt and stuff like that over doing this kind of thing because, yeah, family's yeah. family's most important. Oh, and 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 much and much like you too, I was in a previous relationship, and when I when I when I when I thought I was going to be a dad, like you know the you know running with the dream kind of had to stop. You know, I played in bands, and I was like, you know what? Well, this is this phase of my life is over. Now I'm in my dad role, but I can still be into the music. I just, you know what? Now I, you know, I'm not going to play. Yeah. And it was, it was tough at first, but you know what? I realized that there was other ways to support the scene that was going on, not being directly a part of it. And then, you know, another 10 years down the line, I was able to start contributing in other ways. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, that works. Yeah, and 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 it's cool that you were able to connect with those guys, and and, and you guys came out pretty quickly. You you came out with uh, half of it, and then don't like you either. Pretty pretty fast. I mean, yeah. right off the jump, uh, the EP, and then the full length. Yeah, well, Kaiser writes all our songs, and he he's I don't want to call him a songwriting machine because, but like he'll only write. He won't bring a song that's shitty to us. So which is super cool and uh so he had a bunch of stuff already built up like from previous years of not having a band and so so it was bam 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 bunch of stuff and then now well we, this this new record that we've had we've pretty much had it done for about three years now it's just uh through covid and everything going on like we weren't able to get all get in the studio and you know so uh, John from Mom's Basement, he's putting it out, and uh, he's been waiting pretty patiently for it. So we finally got it done. We're in queue. So very cool. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, John and Mom's Basement also put out uh, "Don't Like You Either" back in 2019. Uh, sort of. We, he he uh, he helped distribute it like through his uh, Mom's Cellar Dwellers. It's like sort of a sub label he started. Oh, that's right. Thank yeah. you for correcting me, man. I appreciate it. Or is that actually we funded we funded that record like the vinyl part of it ourselves. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, 
Okay, cool. Thank, thank you for uh, correcting me. Um, I was a little off on it. I just always saw it being advertised. Well, through, he uh, he pushed it for us. It, it like it was basically he put it out, but he just didn't pay for it type thing. Like he helped us tremendously with that with that release. So yeah, probably trying to help you get a lot of help distribution within yeah. the states and stuff like that. He got us all the distribution that we got for that record because uh, yeah, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. yeah. Some some of the songs off of it, uh, the the two biggest ones, hey, ho, the Ballad of Razor Ramon yeah. and uh, Love Letters from the Black Lagoon, um, which was actually featured on the comp, as I said, invading the border. Yeah. Um, what is? Um, I know you're going to be speaking for for him, but uh, going into the songwriting, the, uh, is there? I mean, there seems to be like your traditional pop up, you know. Um, girl songs you know judy's got a boyfriend yeah. and um those kinds of songs but there's also like you know hey ho the ballad razor ramon that's a song about wrestling yeah. um the jobbers actually covered that i believe from yeah. you guys yeah that was super cool yeah and and love letters from black lagoon being more like uh uh like in monsters being like uh more in crystal lake uh being more about the horror is it just his songwriting, he doesn't try to pigeonhole to one thing. He likes to he likes a variety of of writing different different on uh, different subjects. Yeah, he uh, I, he always he always claims that he just tries to write queer songs, and that's what comes out. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, he I I believe that like it's just sort of a whatever comes to his brain type thing, you know, like so. Very cool. And um, in 2020, uh, you guys put out a, a covers live, uh, a couple cover songs, uh, covers of Gob, uh, Latte Blue, and uh, Corey Hart, yeah. as well as some uh, live in studio songs. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? Uh, well, I we were just sort of looking to get something out. So, like, through COVID, like, 
you know, like everybody, we wanted to stay in people's ears and, you know, just remind everybody that we were still a band. And so we just sort of threw that together. Uh, Kaiser really wanted to do uh, Sunglasses at Night, the Corey Hart song. Really cool cover, man. I really like that. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> yeah, uh, good. We've never played that as a band. Like, uh, it, it was during COVID, so uh, our bass player, Jamie, he, uh, he, he didn't want to go out too often through that. So uh, we ended up doing all that in studio at different times. Very cool. So, uh, so we never really actually jammed those songs as a band. <laughs> oh wow now do you guys play that live now when you when you guys play or is it oh, actually we've like... been talking about doing it though because it, it's sort of like one of our staple ish songs so we've been talking about doing it so very very cool that's really awesome um i wanted to get away from the band for a moment and talk about uh the other venture that being the uh positive punker podcast sure um, cause we had talked multiple times. I was, I was going to be on, um, but then Funny. things changed. You're still going to be, it's I'm still going to be one of these yeah. days. Tyler, yeah. One yeah. Of these once days. I, once I can just slow down enough to, to get that rolling again. Um, I wanted, I wanted to ask you like, how did that come to be about? And, um, what was, um, what were you hoping to get out of the podcast after you started it? Um, well, to come about of it like uh i don't know i i i along with many other people within the scene i'm sure like suffer tremendously from like like depression and mental health and all that stuff so uh so i wanted to be able to talk to other people about that subject and uh and maybe shine some light on so like somebody else can see that like they're not alone and feeling like shit all the time and you know like i i wanted to talk about like addiction and all that kind of stuff that something about that kind of stuff just really intrigues me yeah so uh yeah i've never i've never had a problem with addiction myself uh me either yeah yeah but like i would i would love to be able to help people with those problems and that's that's really cool. Like you don't you don't hear that kind of stuff too often. And I, I remember when you came to me about it, and I I know I ended up perusing a couple episodes and stuff. Yeah, it, it it doesn't ever come across as woe is me or or any kind of pity party. It's it's I think because we're at the age we're at right now, it's like you know we know what we have and we know what we've done. So it's almost kind of like we're in a clarity moment of like, this is what it is. This is how I try to fix it. This is what I try to learn from it. Yeah. Because I mean, we made plenty of, we made plenty of those mistakes in our twenties and probably our thirties too. You know what I mean? Definitely. So now it becomes more of a clarity moment and, you know, and I, and I can relate, you know, um, suffering from a rapid cycle bipolar, um, got diagnosed when I was 25. Um, it answers when you're diagnosed, it answers a lot of questions. You know, why was I so, you know, why was I so angry as a kid? Why, why, you know, why was there a constant need to get into the kind of mischief that I got into or, or self-medicating? Cause even though I was never, 
I never consider myself addicted to anything. I mean, I did, you know, um, self-medicate, you know, much like a lot of people who go through mental illness because you're trying to, you're you think, oh, well, I can do this myself. I don't need somebody else to help me. I can figure this out on my own. You know, that, that naive naivety, you know what I mean? That's definitely part of maturing too, right? Oh yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. And you know what? And, and it was cool that you started out too. Like, did it, did the idea come from the pandemic because everybody had to um, be stuck inside? Uh, maybe, maybe it did. I, I don't know. I just felt it was something that I could contribute to the scene to ho- hopefully help people. Like I didn't, I don't know if it was because of the pandemic, but maybe because it was, I was sitting around doing nothing and I was thinking more of things that I could do to kill time and, Cause like I wasn't really working as much and mm-hmm. the band wasn't really doing a whole lot because I don't know, you weren't allowed to be near each other or any of that shit. So, so in, and, and, and those, in those situations too, when you're alone and you're thinking and you're, you're going through all that stuff, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it garners a lot of like self-reflection, you know what I mean? Like you start to ask yourself all those important questions that you, you never had the time to really ask yourself before. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I, I'm somebody who suffers from depression. Like, so I figured like, I would like to, I don't want other people to feel the way I'm feeling. So like usually talking is a good way to get that, you know, out of, out of yourself. Yeah. And I, I just thought it was really cool. Like I said, I, I, I can't wait to be on the podcast because <laughs> oh, excuse me sure. um i can't wait to come on the podcast because you know talking about that kind of stuff is it there's not there's there's not that sense of uh taboo against it anymore like you know be a man yeah. don't make you have a problem those those days are pretty much gone yeah yeah and you know and i can credit you know this young generation coming up that's taking it uh a lot more serious and i and i that's one of the few times that I really commend this young generation coming up is that they're not, they're not afraid to admit that they, they're not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great because I wish I was able to do that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had told my, my dad, for instance, that, uh, that, that I was feeling that way, you know, it was like, just put your head down and get through it. Cause you're a man type thing. And, Mm-hmm. And part of getting into the scene too is, uh, uh, no, getting into punk music. Of course, is like everybody's a little fucked up. Of course. And so instead of addressing those issues, you're just like, well, if I'm around people that are like me, then I can ride this out, kind of a thing. And you don't realize that, like, literally, literally being around damaged people as your damage isn't always the best solution. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's where I think that like drugs and stuff like that come into play because you know, like oh we're both fucked up, let's get fucked up, you know. And yeah, I mean, I was, I know, I I I smoked weed and I drank and I I, I dabbled in p- different kinds of pills and stuff, and yeah. um, it's like it's almost like that, uh, you know, live fast, die young approach. You know what I mean? That like, well, if I'm fucked up, I might as well live live it to the fullest hill you know what i mean go out all both guns blazing and just power through you know and you know i I told my wife i when when i turned 30 years old 
I, I, you know, more 30 than 40. If 40 wasn't, I, I didn't really have a bad time turning 40. But when I turned 30, uh, I had like this, like almost kind of like not breakdown, but almost like this, like, you know, sadness of turning 30. Like I like dreaded turning 30. Yeah. Well, and my wife asked me, she goes, why are you so afraid to turn 30? And I looked at her and goes, because probably because I didn't think I was going to live that long. Well, that's a big part of it, too. I've always said that, that I would never make it to this age. Then I made it to that age, and I would never make it to that age. And I guess I'm I'm here for the long run. And I think when you turn 40 in that area, area you realize, like, well, I got fucking kids. And mm-hmm. depending on me, I can't just, I can't give up. You know, now's the time where I have to live. Um, let's let's break away from that part and let's talk about um, you said you grew up in Ontario and yep. later on you moved out to Moncton. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about about your story getting into punk and uh, what kind of led you down the road uh, uh, into the kind of stuff that you play now? Um, I think it was I would say it was probably Nirvana, which led me to punk music, I guess. Yep, same here. Uh, Kurt Cobain was a big influence on me. He he made me realize that I didn't have to be Metallica or Guns N' Roses shredding their guitar and mm-hmm. to uh, to be able to play music. Uh, I always had a fascination with music. Like I, I remember as a kid driving around with my mom listening to Billy Idol and I'm Canadian, so like the Tragically Hip and bands like that. But they were all super talented musicians. When I saw Kurt Cobain play guitar, I thought, fuck, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's drop D in four chords. I can do that. Exactly. And little did I realize that he was a super good guitar player, but watching him on stage, it didn't really look like he was trying or gave a shit. So I just always thought that that attitude of not really giving a shit was awesome. So that led me down to like the sex pistols and the misfits and stuff like that and here i am yeah and and did you find yourself also kind of getting wrapped up in the in the 94 boom as well like with green day and no effects and Um, offspring and stuff yeah definitely green day and uh the offspring were a big one for me too when dookie come out and smash they were two big records that were sort of thrown in your face and that whole attitude but yeah i really didn't know i mean between between nirvana i was i always joke around and when i I talk to people i always look at nirvana as kind of like our beatles of our generation where it completely turned the world upside down i mean before that we were listening to poison and shit like that (laughs) yeah poison and even stuff like you know starship and yeah like, you know, all that kind of stuff, new wavy kind of stuff. Yeah. And the only band that I really, like, I knew ahead, like, that were, like, an indie band, I guess you could say, was, like, R.E.M. Yeah. And, like, I got into, like, stuff like R.E.M., and then I kind of got into stuff like Dinosaur Jr. Um, around the same time I got into Nirvana. So it was, like, really interesting for me, like, around that time. Yeah. And then those years between Nirvana and, like, green day i'd gotten into stuff like sonic youth and back and um 
you know, those kind of fringe bands. Yeah. yeah. And it allowed me, like, when punk broke, I went, oh. And then you start realizing, like, there's, like, this connection. That's right. Between, like, Green Day and that punk scene and into grunge. Like, there's, like, there's overlap. Yep. And it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, I discovered, you know, I, I, I speak all the time that the time from 91 to like 97 was like just an onslaught of like, so I got into so many fucking bands. Same here. Same here. Uh, the Chili Peppers were a big one for me, too, with uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. That Same here. Yep. Mm-hmm. A huge, huge record for me. The rest of their stuff sort of sucked, but. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I, I got blood sugar sex magic, and then I kind of went backwards, and I got like mother's milk and freaky styley and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, not a big fan of their later stuff. One hot minute wasn't bad, but after that, I was just kind of like, eh. Very underrated, but yeah, one hot minute's greatly underrated, but you know, it, everybody also was like, you know. The dude from Alice in Chains or um, Jane's Addiction is playing guitar now. They they're so metal now, and I'm like, no, that album is not at all metal. <laughs> like I don't know what you guys are talking about. A Chili Peppers record. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but I like I got into tons of stuff around that time, and it yeah. just you know, and then once Green Day broke, it's like you know, more and more bands, you know, discovering like the queers and screeching weasel and stuff like that. So yeah. being like 12, 13 years old, discovering all this stuff. And it's everything that I still listen to now, yeah. sadly, 30 years later. <laughs> uh, sadly. <laughs> Right. 
don't know. Like, I find myself waiting for the next green day. I find myself waiting for, um, I don't know. I'm looking for, I, I keep waiting for my kids' generation to have that, that, that kind of boom. You know what I mean? They got like the chats and stuff like that, right? Yeah, the chats. I, I would say like the chats and like, uh, I'm not a huge uh, fan of theirs, but like that, they seem like they're playing Coachella and stuff like that. So that's, pretty damn big especially nowadays because like punk is sort of dead yeah and then i look at bands like billy bats and the made men out of um out of atlanta yeah and um they're pretty cool too and i mean there is those you know the linda lindas yeah um uh really one band that really caught me was uh nightbirds they are a phenomenal band and they really have that old school sound to them yeah, they're really cool too. There's, there's definitely like younger bands coming up. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I just, I think we just grew up in just a way different age. Obviously, with MTV definitely. and definitely. much music, you know, they were playing all that stuff. So it's like, you know, it's like we those kind of things don't exist, and everything's kind of like at the, you know, a touch of a button on your phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's and like rock is not popular anymore, too, right? So it's all. Like yeah, everything's pop and exactly. bro country and yeah. you know which is really frustrating because like where i live i mean i can imagine i'm sure new brunswick has their fair fair share of that too where you know we live in a in, a, in an area where it's like you have big cities that are very liberal and then any pocket outside the big city is like very conservative yeah 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 so it's like you know i used to joke around that if it wasn't if it wasn't Pittsburgh, Erie, or Philadelphia, it was Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the bunch of bunch of crazies. But um, it's it's just you know it's it's so weird now with music. It's just like country is really big, but the the you know it, but it's pop leaning. There's R and B, but it's pop leaning. There's there's borderline pop punk but yeah. it's heavily pop leading yeah but yeah. people that's i guess what people want to hear is that because i think radio and streaming is still the most accessible things and that's what play, things like clear channel will allow you to play yeah yeah exactly and like nobody wants to hear somebody screaming at them unless you're a weirdo and <laughs> like there's no like to me the thing that sucks is like there's no Marilyn Manson there's no <laughs> white zombie there's no there is if you look for it you have to it's look just... for this and they're not being presented to you they're not selling millions of copies of albums exactly anymore. but nobody's selling millions of copies of albums anymore like like physical media is pretty much dead so like there's no tell fucking walmart that so they stop uh jamming all the uh, vinyl plants yeah <laughs> they're so they're they're making five hundred thousand copies of an album that maybe twenty thousand people will buy exactly and then they're all just sitting in a warehouse somewhere mm-hmm. but when you have that kind of money who cares right well that's just it mm-hmm. but like i i don't know i like I don't know if that will ever happen again. That was our time, you know. We'll, we'll never see another Led Zeppelin again. You'll, you'll never see 
another group like the Beatles again. It's just eras. Yeah. You know what? It, 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 and it's hard because I think what it was is when we were growing up, like we had our, we had our music, but at the same time, like our parents were into the music that they were into. And then our grandparents were into the music that they were into. Exactly. exactly. And there always seemed to be a stamp where there was people were into music the way that they were getting it. Yeah. And you know, nowadays it's just, it's, it's very disposable now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it kind of bums me out a little bit, man. Yeah. More (laughs) ever because of streaming and stuff like that. Like, like it was sort of, I don't know, growing up for me, like you, we had CDs, I guess, but like before CDs were cassettes and you couldn't just, you couldn't just skip to one song and listen to the single over and over. You had to sit and listen to the whole record. And yeah, you don't really have that anymore. And a, a lot, a lot of bands now are just putting out singles. They're not even putting out albums or records. You know. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense too. Like when, when, when I, when I started, this is just a record label with my buddy Mike. It was like, well, we could easily just put this shit out digitally. But damn, I'd really like to fucking put something physical out. You know, yeah. like I want somebody to like get you know open up a cd and open up the liner notes and check well, out shit like that. i still feel cool. like there's an instance for that that um that physical that physical world even if it's just like a keepsake i don't know yeah yeah well because vinyl was too fucking expensive we looked at we looked into vinyl and at the time it was just like no no i can't get into bed with vinyl man i'm just gonna We'll do CDs and maybe the occasional cassette, but I, I can't get in bed with vinyl. Yeah, I know it's it is expensive. It costs us a fortune to put out our last like actual record, but yeah, I was just you know right out right out the gate when when we started the label, we already had like our first three releases already planned. So it was okay. like, well, we, say if we do like a hundred copies of this, well then, what's the recovery time going to be? Yeah. When can we put the money into the next release? When can we start generating? And it was just like, you know what? We have an eight-day turnover on making CDs. We have a three-week turnover on doing cassettes. This seems like the easiest easiest approach to do. Now, it's not a lucrative business model, but I'm hoping it'll pick up a little bit more no, but, in the future. You know, even now with, like, the vinyl resurgence, like, it's... Like vinyl's sort of outdone. Like you know, every week there's fucking ten or fifteen records coming out that you want, and like you can't afford to. So you sort of have to pick and choose what you want to buy. And you know, a few years ago, like not everybody was putting out a vinyl record. Yeah, and I and I really like the idea with 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 Timbo doing uh, who does mutant pop of just yeah. doing the short run CDs. You know what we make. You know, anywhere from 20 to 50 CDs, we sell those out. If they happen to sell, maybe we'll do a second run. If we don't, then, you know, we move on to the next release kind of a thing. Exactly. Like, And and everybody is into streaming now. So, like, they're going to hear your music if they want to hear it. Like, it's not like, like if you don't buy that record or buy that CD that they're not ever going to hear it. And you know what? And that's the way I look at it too. Like all our stuff is digital. So obviously our most of our selves are digital. Yeah. But you don't want to keep it just digital because you know what? That band has that on their digital too. They have that on their band camp. We have it on our band camp. We don't do anything with Spotify or anything. We let the bands do that themselves. Yeah. Because they have to be able to generate money for themselves. I just I'm more of a distributor than anything. Spotify though. 
nobody's generating money on Spotify unless you're Eminem or something like that. Oh can... no, but yeah, but it, it's 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 a good way. I let all the bands handle that that themselves and stuff because, yeah. like I said, it's you know we kind of act more of a, a middleman, a, a distributor for them, you know, and just try to get them, just try to get their names out there and stuff like that. And you know that was the whole point of it is like I know a lot of bands. I've heard a lot of bands throughout the years that weren't getting heard. Yeah, and now in a day and age of, of of social media, it's 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 a lot easier, especially if you have help to get heard. You know, than it was twenty years ago. One hundred percent. You know, yeah. um, especially Facebook and all that. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or whatever else the kids are into. Snapchat. I don't know. I can't yeah. have a hard time keeping up. <laughs> my uh, my youngest, he's like big into like this thing called Discord. Okay. Yeah. And it's like a lot to do with gaming and stuff like that. And like the one yeah. day he comes home from school, he's like, Oh, I got my buddy's, you know, username on Discord. And I'm like, God, there's another thing. Yeah. What's a fucking Discord? Yeah. What's a fucking Discord, man? Like I'm still like on Instagram and, and Facebook. Yeah. No, I, if you tell somebody younger that you're on Facebook now, that's how they tell you if you're old or not. Yeah. They, yeah. My kids all have, my kids or, have Facebook, but they're, they're never on them. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, but, Dad, I'll snap you. I'm like, I'm not on Snapchat. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, I'll snap you, boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a married man. I have no business being on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get myself caught up in some shit I don't want to be caught up in. Yeah, it always it always freaks me out when like somebody my age sends me like a TikTok or something like that because like, what the fuck are you doing on TikTok? Yeah, like, like grow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, grow up like the rest of us and stay on Facebook. <laughs> Be miserable on Facebook and have yeah. your memes yeah. taken down like 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 a normal adult. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Tyler, before I let you go, man, I I just again I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and talking to me. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but feel free to uh, plug what you guys have coming up and uh, give all your socials and stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, at follow ups band on instagram or you can just follow find us on facebook follow the follow-ups on facebook because we're old uh, <laughs> uh yeah we have a new record coming out hopefully by the end of the year uh i've been working with uh nick spoon uh with lesser creatures and we're working on a new record too so, very uh, cool very cool new lesser creatures record out hopefully by the year's end or hopefully if i find time to finish it <laughs> The, uh, Nick's a nut man. He puts out stuff so fast, man. Oh, man. He's just a songwriting machine. When we started this, we had like six songs, and like every other day, he was like, "Oh, here's lyrics to a new song." Okay, the song's done. Like, oh, <laughs> over and over, constantly. So this will be like a full length record, I think. If, if I think that's what his plan is, so yeah, because he just did the split with the Hawaiians. Uh, that's right. Through Mom's basement, yeah, yeah. So. uh this, this next it, the songs are fucking awesome so i'm super excited about that too so very cool and uh, nick is playing with um playing with members of the lily livers and uh the radio buzz kills too um yeah. he had let me know that um lily's drumming for them yeah so um yeah that's really awesome that you were you told me you know before that you were working with nick that's really cool yeah. um you know, Nick. Nick's like I said, and like I told you earlier, Nick. Nick's one of my 
one of my really good buddies and uh, I couldn't be happier for the stuff that he just continuously churns out, man. Uh, he's a, he is a songwriting machine. He really is, man. He really is. Well, I can't wait to I can't wait to hear your guys' new stuff. I'm really excited about that. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, we least. just uh, I don't know a month or two ago. I think we just released a single off the new record, thinking that it was going to be coming sooner than it actually is. So there is one song out there, uh, not uh, a lot. That's enough. right. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, d- definitely go check out that single. It's really awesome. I did. I was able to hear that. Um, really looking forward to you guys putting this new record out. Really excited for you guys to continue um, being able to play and tour out and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's really awesome, and I can't wait to come on the podcast when you decide to relaunch that. Yeah, we're I'm I'm shooting for October, so clear your schedule. <laughs> awesome, I'll be available, man. I'm available most of the time, my man. Awesome, thanks, brother. Hey, you're welcome, my man. Well, Tyler, thanks again for coming on and. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll be talking to you real soon, bud. Anytime, man. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Have a great one, man. You too. Bye. Bye.